1: Support for MPB comes from the Center for Telehealth at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, a national telehealth center of excellence. Telehealth uses the power of the Internet to deliver specialized health care where it's needed most. More at umc.edu telehealth.
0: Good morning. It's 830 on Wednesday, October 18th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, a federal grand jury in South Mississippi indicts a Chinese national accused of operating a massive opioid trafficking operation. Then, a second chance program for Mississippi's high school dropouts. Find out how the My Best program is changing outcomes for students. In our story course segment, hear a conversation about an unconventional marriage and the duo's advice for engaged couples. And what to expect when you're expecting a teenager... How a new campaign is urging prospective parents to consider adopting teens. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. A traffic stop in Mississippi has led to the indictment of a Chinese national for operating the largest opioid trafficking and money laundering ring on the Internet. MPB's Desiree
2: Fraser reports. A federal grand jury in the Southern District of Mississippi has indicted Zhang Ping for conspiracy to manufacture and distribute synthetic opioids, including fentanyl. Rod Rosenstein, the U.S. Deputy Attorney General, says the Chinese national used different company names and identities to operate websites where he sold large quantities of fentanyl and other opioids directly to U.S. customers.
1: It can be purchased as pure fentanyl, fentanyl mixed with heroin, cocaine, and even marijuana, and it sometimes is pressed into pill form and falsely sold and misrepresented as a prescription opioid drug.
2: Rosenstein says people didn't know the contents or potency of the drugs. He says fentanyl is 50 times more potent than heroin and a few grains can be lethal. Rosenstein says Yan also operated two chemical plants in China capable of producing tons of fentanyl at a time. Rosenstein says a traffic stop in Mississippi in 2013 led to unearthing the massive drug operation. Robert Patterson is with the Drug Enforcement Administration.
1: preliminary 2016 CDC statistics show synthetic opioids are the leading driver of overdose deaths in the United States. The same data estimates more than 64,000 Americans died as a result of drug overdoses in 2016.
2: An international investigation discovered more than 100 distributors involved in Zhongping Yan's illegal drug enterprise. Yan faces 20 years in prison and a $1 million fine. Another Chinese national, five Canadians and U.S. residents are among 21 people also indicted on federal drug charges. Desiree Frazier, MPB News. Coming up, a second
0: chance program for Mississippi's high school dropouts. Find out how the My Best program is changing outcomes for students. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
3: An evening of jazz can be just what the doctor ordered. Join me, Meredith Michelle, with WJSU's Evening Jazz, 7 to 10 weeknights on MPB Music Radio.
0: This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This week, all of Mississippi's junior and community colleges are hosting events to highlight a program for potential students. The Mississippi Integrated Basic Education and Skills Training Program is referred to as My Best. The the program enrolls high school dropouts and provides simultaneous enrollment in high school equivalency preparation and skills training. The goal is to produce workers who can compete for high-skilled jobs, get hired, and stay employed. The program is a national model and is in line with the state's plan for developing the workforce. To date, more than 1,200 students have enrolled earning numerous credits and some with diplomas. Dr. Andrea Mayfield is executive director of the State Community College Board. She tells us the program is helping more students earn degrees.
4: My best is something that all colleges have implemented and it's a special program because it does allow people who did not finish high school to enroll in adult education and Um, a career and technical program. So they're earning a high school equivalency and a skill, a credential, at the same time.
0: It's definitely giving them a second chance.
4: Yes, it is. It truly is, and it doesn't cost them anything. How's And that's the beauty.
0: Sure. How how has the turnout been?
4: The turnout's been great. And um, we've seen some early success, and we're very proud of it. Um, I'll give you some information uh, about what we've seen so far. But right now, just in in little of a year, we've had enrollment increases up to 1,277 students. Um, we've had my best students that have been employed over 146. We've got over 60 that are completing the program and continuing on in career and technical education fields. Um, we're very proud of the program. Dr. And
0: Mayfield, is, is the program My Best available at all the community colleges in the state?
4: Yes, it is. It is. Every community college offers it.
0: Are there different study areas or different technical training? Um, you yes. know, in some areas, there might be a need for something more than another area.
4: That's right. The community colleges do tailor programs based on business and industry needs. What are the careers that are out there and available? Those are the programs. That is a training that is offered to the people.
0: You said you've had good success. People are earning a high school diploma at the community college as well as that training. Do they get a certificate or some kind of diploma in that technical training?
4: They do. They can earn a certificate, and they can also, that is a a degree, they do receive their certificate, and they also receive their high school equivalency. Now, if they choose to go on, which many have, then they can earn an Associate of Applied Science or even of an Associate of Arts.
0: You say the program doesn't cost the students anything. How is it being funded?
4: Well, it's funded through a grant. Um, through partnership with W.K. Kellogg Foundation, and they have been fantastic partners with us. They funded the program several years ago, and this is how we were able to actually implement the program. And, And we're seeing people in Mississippi benefit, go to work, get their education and skills, and it doesn't cost them a thing.
0: We know that the dropout rate in Mississippi has dropped uh, considerably over the last couple of years. Do you think this program might play a part in that?
4: I do. There are multiple efforts that are underway across the state to reduce dropouts, but what we do is we focus on people who have already dropped out of school with this particular program and... We help them help themselves in getting the skills and the education and training they need for
0: employment. How are you reaching the dropouts?
4: We do it through um, radio ads. We do it through uh, just grassroots communication. We do it through a multiple means, through our website, word of mouth. You know, the biggest thing is when one person succeeds, they tell other people and other people then want to become involved, enter the program, and it just spreads like wildfire, and it has. So we've been very fortunate to have been able to help so many people here in Mississippi.
0: And you're certainly being able to reach them over the next couple of days, which is why we're talking to you today. I know you started yesterday and you continue today, tomorrow, Friday. Tell us what that is.
4: Yes, this is my best week. And My Best Week is uh, a week of activities at each community college that are centered on the My Best program and the success of students. We do have the information posted on our website, and there is a My Best website, and that's www.mibest.ms.
0: Dr. Andrea Mayfield is Executive Director of the Mississippi Community College Board. Dr. Mayfield, thank you so much for being with us.
4: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: And for information on a My Best event in your area, visit mibest.ms or the College Board's website. Coming up in our StoryCorps segment here, a conversation about an unconventional marriage and the duo's advice for engaged couples. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Rick DeShazo, professor of medicine and pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, and this is a Southern Remedy Health Minute. Everybody wants to know more about exercise. Current guidelines suggest 150 minutes per week of moderate intensity or 75 minutes per week of vigorous intensity aerobic exercise for all U.S. adults. The question is, how much benefit can you get from how much exercise? Well, we now know. A large study published in the uh, Journal of the American College of Cardiology has figured out how much exercise it takes to get the maximum long-term health benefit. And unfortunately for me, it's a lot. The news is it takes nine hours of moderate intensity activity per week or almost five hours of vigorous activity to achieve the maximum cardiovascular benefit. The good news is... The benefit starts with any exercise, so if you can't do that much, you still get a good benefit. For more health tips and medical information, listen for Southern Remedy each weekday at 11, where the doctors are always in. For MPB Think Radio, I'm Dr. Rick DeShazo. The Health Minute is underwritten by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. Information on how to make good health a family affair is available at bcbsms.com. Live healthy, live blue. How to pop the question must be one of the most fraught dilemmas in anyone's life. In this Mississippi stop on the StoryCorps mobile tour, Barrett Hathcock recounts how he proposed to his wife, Katie, And he shares some sage advice for other young couples.
5: I lived in Tuscaloosa for about a year and a half. Mm -hmm. You lived in Birmingham. I had this very particular schedule where I would spend a weekend with you in Birmingham and then go back over to Tuscaloosa. This is exactly an hour away from door to door. And I would drive over back to my Tuscaloosa life on Monday, spend Monday night there, drive back over Tuesday night, spend Tuesday night with you. Drive back over on Wednesday and, do, and then bounce back and forth and then end up back in Birmingham for the weekend.
6: I'd forgotten that. It was a lot of driving.
5: It was a lot of driving.
6: So then we got married.
5: I'm not good at surprises or or, or planning or structure or <laughs> surprises. <laughs> I had gone back here to Mississippi to get the ring, the ring, because we were going to buy it from a guy named Dale Ferber, who owned Ferber Jewelry, who my parents were friends with. He was a really great guy and we'd picked something out and I came over to kill the ring and bring it back and she knew I was coming over to kill the ring but there wasn't like a necessarily a discussion of when the proposal was going to happen if I had been more like I don't know anything like I could have come up with something but basically I gave it to her like like that afternoon.
6: I had been babysitting. You know, yeah. I had been babysitting because at that time I was working but not making any money. And I would babysit a lot after work and on the weekends. And so I'd been babysitting and I came home and you basically met me in the hallway.
5: Right. You right.
6: couldn't, you were so excited, you couldn't let me get in the door of my apartment.
5: Um, you know, I mean, those people who, like, rent balloons and, like, tigers and, like... There was like, no dinner.
6: Se- there was remember, no, like, planning. Like,
5: I went to Chicago one time, and Wes and I were at a museum, and there was somebody who, like, got people to stage it, like, a, where they all held up letters and crap. I'm just too much of a spaz for that, and I can't effectuate some sort of large romantic conspiracy. I just, I can't do it. I'm sorry.
6: It worked. Yeah. But yeah, it was fine. I know,
5: but everybody's like, oh, Joel," you know, like, "Well, he was a goober," and I said, "Yes."
6: You are kind of a goober, right? But I really, I really love that about you. <laughs> it's a good thing. <laughs> so, I think you may have even handed me the ring because it was in a butter tub. Like you guys had, was it? You and your parents had come up with some way to try and keep the ring
5: safe oh, God. on your drive back. What do we think I was going through, like a?
6: I don't know, but I think you guys were worried about the safety of the ring. I'd like, like to
5: blame my mother for that.
6: <laughs> for the 3 like hour, in, no, it was 4 hours. So for like the, three the four, 4 hour, hour drive.
5: drive. I, it was in a butter tub.
6: It, and I remember it was a yellow
5: Oh god. You can't, we put be, one you
6: of, you won't believe it's not butter yeah, whatever yeah, that's called. It's a
5: fake butter tub, so it's in like a margarine tub.
6: <laughs> well, I mean that's what kind of butter your mom buys. Fake butter. <laughs> so, um <laughs> So you I think you even handed it to me in the butter really? tub. I couldn't even No. It wasn't. But you did get down on one knee.
5: I did. <laughs>
6: in the hallway. It was sweet. Yeah. <laughs> hey um, man.
5: Worked. I know. I know. But then began the engagement. The engagement.
6: Yeah. yeah. I I'm not a big wedding person. Yeah. I I didn't want like I hadn't been planning it my whole life. I didn't want a whole shebang. So we got married in St. Augustine, and it was great. It yeah. was outside. It was beautiful. and <sighs> Advice
5: for some for the youngsters when we're dead. Um, yeah. Keep your engagement short, okay? Yeah. Because the longer it is, the worse it gets, especially if you're in the South.
6: Wedding craze.
5: And two, the most painful thing that you'll ever undergo is settling on a guest list. Everything else pales.
0: To hear more
1: of our conversations from the StoryCorps Mobile Tour, go to mpbonline.org. The StoryCorps Mobile Tour visited Mississippi through a partnership with the Mississippi Humanities Council, the MPB Foundation, and Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio.
0: This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Mississippi families are being encouraged to consider growing their ranks. According to Adopt Us Kids, teens have lower adoption rates than younger children and often wait longer to be adopted, yet they still need and want the love and support of a family. The organization has partnered with the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Children's Bureau to remind and encourage prospective parents that they don't have to know it all to be a perfect parent to a teenager. They just need to be there. Their newest campaign shares what you expect when you're expecting a teenager. It encourages parents to adopt teens from foster care. There are currently 112,000 children age 18 and under in U.S. foster care who need adoptive families. Only 5 percent of all children adopted last year were aged 15 to 18, but 43 percent of the children waiting actively on the Adopt Us Kids website are in this age range. Camilla Bunn is CEO of Adoption Exchange Association and Michelle Thompson is an adoptive parent. They tell us it's not uncommon to be skeptical.
3: There are 428,000 children in foster care in the United States, and one in five of those children are teenagers. Uh, We are in absolute uh, need of prospective families to step forward and consider adopting a child out of the foster care system, especially teens.
0: How are most of these teens in the foster care system to begin with? Have they been in foster care since they were infants? Were they taken from their homes at some point in their life?
3: So children arrive in the foster care system through no fault of their own. Uh, Something occurred uh, in their young lives, and they are now in the foster care system, and that's actually one of the common uh, misperceptions out there, that um, teens are in foster care because they've done something wrong, they're delinquents, and that is not the case. Um, They are there, uh, they're resilient, Um, young people who... ...experienced abuse and neglect and are absolutely in need of a wonderful family, Um, people like Michelle and her husband, um, to step forward and, and adopt them.
0: Well, Michelle, let's find out what your story is. You have a teenage daughter or son? Daughter. I actually have three biological sons who are in their early
7: 20s, and we began to do foster care when the last one was leaving for college. And originally thought we would stick with boys you know we had three so we thought we'd stick with what we knew But when our first foster son's case came to the point where his mom's parental rights were being terminated and they were asking us if we would like to adopt him, we absolutely were willing to do that. And during the course of that time, I got to speak with his birth mom several times. And she's a sweet and wonderful person. But she told me that she had aged out of the foster care system and she had no idea how to parent. She had no idea how to do that and run her life. And she just couldn't do it. We really at that point started to think about all the girls especially, but the girls and the boys who are aging out with no guidance, no one to help them and walk through life with them. And it wasn't long after I expressed interest in a teenage girl that we got matched with a 17-year-old, and some people would find that terrifying, but I'll tell you, it has been absolutely a sheer joy, and she is a delight
0: Someone thinks of a teenage girl, and yeah, the immediate thought is, "Oh my gosh, a teenage girl, and all the that baggage was my immediate thought yeah. <laughs> and all the baggage that comes along with that, certainly there had to be an adjustment period didn 't there
7: there was, and the first time I met her, to be honest, I sat in a um, situation with her where we sat across the table, and there was a therapist with us and some people that were just helping us meet each other, and when I looked into her eyes, I saw the fear. And realized, you know, she's not someone I should be afraid of. She is afraid. And that, I don't know if that was the maternal instincts that kicked in, but from that point on, I just wanted to protect her. And I wanted to be the one that would never let her down. And that was my goal. And sure, she's had some, you know, she's a teenage girl. I was a teenage girl once. And um, so I'm not going to say it's all roses, but there's way, way more joy than there is stress and hard times.
0: And she's, she will be your daughter forever.
7: She is my daughter forever, absolutely.
0: Is she in college, or is she living with you still?
7: Yeah, she is a sophomore in college, and she chose to attend a local community college so that she could stay home with us longer because she had lived in several group home settings, which is very common for teens in foster care. And so she felt like she's already experienced, quote unquote, dorm life. And she just wanted to be able to have family life for longer. So yes, she's a sophomore in college and still living at home with us.
0: You hear sometimes, or I've heard sometimes, of stories where an adopted child will start to act out to see if indeed they, they get to stay or whether if they behave badly enough, the adoptive parents are going to give them back. Did you have any case of that?
7: We have had a couple instances where I've, told her afterwards, like, if you're testing me to see if I will love you forever, girl, I will love you forever. And she's like, Mom, I believe you.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, we've
7: had a few of those days, and I've had to remind myself that I signed this line no matter what. But you know what's most helpful for me to remember, and maybe because I'm a biological mom also, I just think she is absolutely 100% mine. And if this was one of my birth children acting like this, would I ever think about sending them away? No, absolutely not. You work through what you have to work through, and you keep on loving
3: and that's the key.
0: Camilla, is it a rarity for someone to come in and say, we want to adopt a teenage child?
3: It doesn't happen as often as we want, which is why we're launching this campaign with the Health and Human Services Children's Bureau, the Ag Council, and Adopt U.S. Kids to really encourage and inspire more prospective parents to consider adopting teens, just like Michelle and her husband did. And I just want to piggyback off of what she just mentioned. And, you know, there are so many more milestones that our young adults and teens have yet to experience. And if we all think back to when we were that age, I mean, we all needed a supportive adult, a parent in our life that would help us to move into college or learn how to drive or go to the prom and, you know, our young people who don't have families are still deserving of having an adult in their life to help them with these big life events.
0: What happens to a teenager when they turn 18 and they age out of the system?
3: The consequences of aging out consist of sometimes homelessness, um, lack of uh, completion of college or high school. It's a very You know, sometimes can be a very difficult and dire situation for our young people, which is why we believe uh, that there are adults out there who can play a role and adopt a child who's older, who we would love to welcome into our family, our extended adopt U.S. kids family and encourage them on their journey to adopt.
0: I thank you both for being with us. Camilla Bunn, who's CEO of Adoption Exchange Association, and Michelle Thompson, who is the adoptive mother of a teenager. Thank you both so much for being with us. Thank you. Thank you for having us. For more information about adoption or about becoming an adoptive parent to a teen or child from foster care, please visit AdoptUSKids.org. Coming up at 9 o'clock, fix it 101 at 10. It's Everyday Tech and 11. Stay tuned for Southern Remedy. And join us tomorrow at 8.30 for the next Mississippi edition, only on MPB Think Radio.
7: Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Community College Board, partnering with MDES and the U.S. Department of Labor. The Mississippi Apprenticeship Program blends on-the-job training with technical education. More at MCC.